fire. So, I have mentioned from the last podcast, um, I wanted to go ahead and listen to, I went, I went ahead and subscribed to Jewel Tankard. And on the right-hand side, a, a video came up from six years ago. Um, she's an economist, and she's also the founder of Millionaire, Millionaire's Club. Um, so this is from six years ago, and it's from the video titled Old Rules of Money versus New Rules of Money. She's already she's going over the three types of income, and she's already um, covered the income from, you know, like earned income. You go to work, you get paid, you don't go to work, you don't get paid. Um, and it's, you know, it's income, but it's not, it doesn't give you anything outside of that. There's no recurring income, whatever have you. The second one she's talking about is uh, passive income. And so in the criteria for passive income, uh, yes, it's automatic. But one of the things she said, like when you are a uh, employee is you start to lose your, your health gut. And so she in the second one, she explains that you have a healthier gut because that healthier financial gut because you start to trust your intuition like, oh, I should invest in this. I shouldn't invest in that. Something is telling me like, let me look into this. And I, I am so thankful even the way she's explaining it. If you ever get the chance, go in and listen to it because it's an hour and 12 minutes. And the way that I talk, we're not going to get to cover everything. Um, But I wanted to play a soundbite of something that she said in there that was so powerful. And it is true. I think that, you know, she said the longer you work, the more you lose your your gut. You start to get into fear-based. You don't start to trust your decisions. But when on this side of things, that's why I'm willing to take risk in different things. Things that people would never really do, like even the crypto side. And um, let me, I try to go back as far as I could as possible. I think that she starts to talk about it. I want you to hear this soundbite. And then if you want to stay and listen to the rest with me until the 60 minutes are up, you're more than welcome to. All right, let's go. Press play. Just getting ready to step out and go over and into your wealthy place. But she's out there because you gave her an ear, okay? You, you listened to her and you were listening to the wrong person. Your financial counsel needs to be, that circle should be small. Mm-hmm. Okay, you shouldn't be getting financial advice from a bunch of people and certainly not people that have not ever lived it or experienced it. Okay, I had an opportunity to talk with a billionaire yesterday. Michael Roberts is his name. He um, his own hotels, TV networks, radio networks. And he said one of the keys to his success is he has learned how to trust his financial gut. And he does not. He has very few people that he will get financial counsel from because He's like, they're going to tell me they're going to be scared to do everything. Because mm-hmm. a poverty mindset is scared. They're always scared. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, it's not. What if it doesn't work? What if this? But what if it does work and you don't have to struggle anymore? Yeah. I'd rather take the risk, right? Yes. And at, at the po- just at the possibility that my life can change forever, I'd rather do that mm-hmm. than to live the same old, tired, struggling, survival, check-to-check life. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so... Understand that everybody's risk tolerance is going to be different. Now, I want to say this where risk tolerance is concerned for married people. I believe that you define a married, a good, a power. All right, so that was the part I wanted you to hear. Um, I'm taking notes with one finger, one hand on one, on 
one hand. But um, you're welcome to listen to the rest of it. I'll be here in the background. All right? Let's go. A couple. It's two people that have the ability to think for themselves. I'll give you an example. One day, my husband got on this serious tangent. He wanted a beach house in Florida. I said, you better go here, brother. And so he, um, he came to me and he said, honey, you want to go in on this deal? And I didn't instinctively want to do it. And I said, but I'll lie in the bed with you when we go down there, okay? <laughs> All right? But I didn't want to do the deal from a money standpoint. I didn't want to invest in that. I love to receive the benefits from it, but I didn't want to write any check for it. But this is what I love. He got on our plane because he's a pilot. We own two, uh, operate two airplanes. They're debt free. Hallelujah. But he <laughs> got on his plane with one of his best friends and they flew down to Florida. Next thing I know, true story, about eight hours later, probably they got left at dusk and probably when the sun was starting to set, he sent me a picture of him sitting down with this precious Caucasian couple with paperwork <laughs> and a pen. He said, the deal is done. Yeah. I said, you better go ahead, brother. And I said, honey, I didn't even get a chance to see the house. He's like, you don't need to see the house. That's my deal, not yours. I said, yeah, that's mine. Right? That's good. So, but if I had a fixed mindset, I'd be like, how did you make that kind of decision without me? Listen, he has his own mind, his own brain, and his own money, and he should be able to do whatever he wants to do with it. So I have to respect that he wanted to take a risk. Y'all. Listen, let's take what applies and let the rest fly. I know that most content creator people that are gravitating to my stuff, you know I'm not looking for nobody. I'm not in the whatever. But the whole point that she was trying to illustrate is pay attention. And I have to pay attention to this too. Like if I keep it 100, there are people that I would ask questions um, or just want that motivational push um, when it comes to financial decision. And they would give so much fear and put so much doubt that I, it would take me twice as hard to just push through because um, I ultimately ended up making the decision anyways to go in that direction. But it's kind of like if they're what she's saying is if they're not in a financial situation that you're in, then um, that's one part of it. But she's also saying that one of the best things about couples, because I did get sidetracked about couples, is that they both have to have their own mind. So he's exhibiting that. He has his capital. He can invest it how he wants. Um, and he didn't try to force it on her. And she didn't try to pull him out of whatever decision he was doing. All right. So let's keep going. And this particular investment. And that he had to respect that I didn't want to take the risk. Now watch this. He shouldn't need my approval to do something that his instinct told him. Yeah. Right? Yes. Just like I shouldn't need his approval. Come on, ladies. Yeah. I shouldn't need his approval, okay, either to do something that I instinctively want to do. Same thing with a couple deals in Atlanta. I said, babe, I'm getting ready to buy this property downtown, tax lien, da 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 da. Business partner found this deal. He said, you guys go ahead. I don't want in on the deal, but go ahead, I'm proud of you. So what am I saying? That a power couple is two people that are individuals that understand we're together, but we have our own mind. Because it makes my heart cringe when I hear people say things like, well, my wife didn't want to do it. Does she have to want to do it for you to do it? 
or vice versa. My husband didn't think it was a good idea. Did he have to think it was a good idea for you to do it? Because last time I checked, you were your own person. So I think some of you need to get some balance on that because some of y'all be doing the most, right? And it's funny, like the way my parents do that is if they, if the, somebody like, let's say it's a salesperson keeps pressuring them and they have their own body language of whether they want to go through with it or not, he'll say something like, I need to go home and talk to my wife about it. Um, you know, type of a thing. And then now you can go home and just neither of them wanted it. But I get what they're saying too. I get what they're saying in terms of you making your own decisions. <laughs> like, I mean, I could see if, well, you know, for us, that's kind of where we are, but I could see if it was like, I don't know if I could, if I could see it at all, because I think that there's, some, <laughs> I think there's something on the inside of you that dies when you don't do what you instinctively sense you should do. Hmm, and you want to be good and strong and courageous because you build courage by doing things off of instinct, not off of head knowledge. You build boldness by doing things and then you win. Okay. One of the properties I found out about today, they're both about to close within 30 days, but both of those deals I had to do on instinct because I didn't know everything about the deal. I didn't know if they needed a new roof. I didn't know if they needed a new water heater. I just, I, we saw the deals, the opportunity was there. And I said, I'm going to seize the moment. So as a business person, you must learn to seize the moment. One season will- That's Carpe Diem, seize the moment. Predicate and open up the door for a new season. But if you are in that season and you are sluggish and you dragging your feet, and you talking about, I won't pray about it. You've been praying all of this time, okay? It's time to move into action. So this is what I'm saying. This is for other church folks. This is free. Hmm. You can develop your faith by going to church and build that faith muscle, but it doesn't mean that you're developed financially and in business things because we got to mix the two together. You see, otherwise you can, being in church will not just make you successful. Mm. How about that? How about okay. that? And some of you are like, <clears throat> she said it. No, it's the truth. I don't want you to spend your whole life going to church expecting God to do all this stuff, but you wouldn't get your behind up in the morning, okay? Or you weren't willing to stay up late at night. You know what time I go to bed sometimes at night? One o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. I get back up in the morning. I have my prayer time and my meditation time with God in the morning. And after that, I am off to the races because I understand that if I have particular goals, that I have to have a particular pace. Remember, success has a pace. It has hmm. a seed. And guess what? I love everybody, but I may not be in relationship, close relationship with a woman who just wants to cook for her family and clean. I'm not <laughs> mad at that. But I can't talk to you because you will think I am so weird. You will not be able to take me. You know what I mean? And I'll be thinking you are so weird. <laughs> so I can love you, but I'm not going to necessarily put myself in that sphere up close because you'll begin to, to demean possibly, mm -hmm. um, unaware, like, why? Wow, it's just too much. It's just too much. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking I'm not doing enough, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to watch who we're around. What is their risk tolerance? Do they have any? Are they taking any risk at all? So remember that who your relationship speaks to a lot of your decisions and your actions on a day-to-day -day basis, okay? So passive income is going to take all this, but it's uh, passive means the money is automatic, but it does take 
these attributes in order to get here because this can be very scary because this to some degree you might be thinking i can't control that earned income i can control i can control that i get up and go to work every day but with passive so much of it is me developing and personal development right or developing that business to grow that it takes some guts takes some grit right all right so the next type of income is one of my favorites portfolio income okay portfolio income and portfolio income basically deals with real estate oil wells Mining rights, hmm. these are all things that will impact or would go into your portfolio. Because here's the thing, if you work a job, that job is not going to allow you to develop portfolio income. You're just not going to make enough money because if you work in a job nine times out of ten, they're just, they just paying you for the hours that you work. So just enough for you to pay your bills. Right. J-O-B stands for just over broke, so. It's not enough for you to say, hey, I want to buy an apartment building this year, debt-free. Or I want to buy two debt duplexes. So go with me. Let's dream a little bit, okay? Make the decision. Stepping out on faith. I'm leaving my job. I'm going to passive income. I'm going to take this cash flow, and I'm going to buy two apartment buildings. Each apartment building has 30 units. Each unit, I can charge about $1,000 for each unit. How much is that a month? That's $30,000 a month. That's portfolio income. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing I'm going to do, I'm going to get a property management company to manage it for me because I'm not trying to knock on doors every month to collect money. I'll let the property management company handle those holdings. I'll let them collect the rent. And we'll set up a maintenance escrow account Every single month, I'll take that. This is one of the things I talked to the billionaire about, Mr. Roberts. I said, with your hotels, do you take a portion of your income and put it towards maintenance? Or how do you do it? Or do you just pay it as it goes? He said, because it's an older building, every month we have handyman always on property fixing things, right? So you can do that however you want. The point is, is the mindset is I'm getting ready to develop enough passive income that I can buy that building that will generate me $30,000 a month. And I'm just using that as an arbitrary number. You can come up with whatever. You might get a seven-unit apartment building or 20 or 50 or 100 or whatever. But the point is, you can say every month, I'll make sure that the percentage of that revenue that comes in from that income is put into a maintenance account so we can continue to do upgrades. We can paint. We can lay down new carpet. A little trick, I'll tell you. Every hotel I go to and I check in, I say, will you put me in the new room? <laughs> I do it every time. Mm. Then he, my honey, he laughs at me every time. He's like, you're so funny. But true story, we went to a hotel in Vegas and some kind of way he checked in and I wasn't up there with him. And we went to that room. I said, uh-uh, it's not the new room. It's not the room. He said, how do you know? I said, nope, we're not staying here. I went downstairs. I said, ma'am, can you please put it in? That room was night and day. My honey said, I will never, ever laugh at you about that. Big difference. Why? Because hotels are always doing upgrades and maintenances and things like that, right? So always ask for the new room, okay? Uh, but but yeah. So that so now this portfolio income puts you in a position. Now you can. I don't like to say retire, 
but it puts you in a position where you don't even have to think about money for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Because at 65, you're not still trying to live off of earned income. Mm -hmm. Because if you're living off, if you're trying to live off of earned income at 65, nine times out of 10, you have to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Because they usually cut that pension by 50%. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you were used to making $4,000 a month when you were working at 65, and you tell them you're ready to retire, they're gonna tell you that 4,000, well, you're gonna get about $2,000 after taxes and all that. That is crazy. Who's going to live out of $2,000? Because I feel like at 65, 65 years old, why would I even want to downgrade? Like, to me, that's not even cool. Like, why? The kids are gone. I don't care if the kids are gone. I like my big house. <laughs> okay? So we want to get over here to this portfolio income. Ultimately, this is where we want to be. So let's talk about the wealthy versus poverty mindset where we talk about viewing how we view people, how we view people. So let's talk about that a little bit. I will tell you that I've seen over the years Ooh. that a lot of times she they put the PowerPoint up at the bottom. Mm, some of y'all gonna be salty. Can you come get this from me? Because this is gonna be a job. <laughs> Thank you. I can tell you that I've seen people who really have trust issues. And unfortunately, it's what a lot of times keep the person that's struggling, struggling. Because they don't trust anybody. Mm. Um, and why it's dangerous. You know women growing up, you've heard this, girl, I don't trust women. That's a problem because you're probably going to need some of those women to be successful. I can tell you right now that I would not have half, and this is a true statement, and I believe this with everything in me. First of all, God, okay, let's be clear. But after that, I would not have, I don't think, 50% of the success that I've come into, and I'm just still getting started, really, mm -hmm. um, that I've come into without relationships. Without relationships and just trusting. You know, when I got ready to start the Jewel Tanker Show um, and, and Impact Network, that's on Impact Network, and I said, you know, we're really excited. We want to give you an opportunity to have your talk show. You have a voice and people love you and blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, great. So what does it look like from a production standpoint? They were like, I don't know. You tell us. And I was like, um, so we don't have producers? And they're like, no, you got to find your own producers. So I started looking the traditional way and their costs were just so exorbitant. I was like, I can't afford that. This show's not even bringing in any money yet. Like, I can't afford to bring on Wendy Williams' person or you know, Rachel Ray's person, Ellen, I, I'm not there yet. I'm just getting started. This is in 2015. And so I just started really praying, like, searching my heart, who could do it? And I started thinking about a couple women that actually attend our church. And I just said, well, I'm going to ask them. One was involved in theater. The other one was really good administratively. And the other one was a phenomenal writer. So I said, let me just ask them, see what they said. And do you know, those ladies have done an amazing job. And producing the Jewel Tanker Show. They, got, they saw the vision like I saw it. I said, one day we're going to have advertisers paying millions of dollars. I'll be able to pay you guys. But right now, it ain't happening. So, <laughs> but they saw the vision. They said, no, we get it. We see the vision. So had there not been a relationship there, okay, even taping this, I was like, man, who can tape this? Derek, let's call Derek. And Derek was like, hey, I'm down. Let's do it. So what am I saying? That Unless you start learning how to trust people, remember, out of your instinct, not because of your head knowledge, your instinct, one relationship 
will lead to another relationship that'll lead to another relationship and it'll start building and next thing you know you've built an entire dynasty you don't build a dynasty by yourself okay <laughs> it's impossible and the reality is when you first start building a dynasty you don't even have the budget to pay people so mm. you need to start valuing now watch this this is the thing about wealthy people they value people's gifts and talents i mean because if you just sit around and harp on people's flaws nobody's gonna be good enough Ooh. okay she said if you just harp on people's flaws nobody's gonna be good enough i heard that Mm. And, and for whatever reason, people with a poverty mindset, all they see is the problem. Mm. I'm like, that person has gold in them. Like, you need to dig for that gold and stop being so obsessed with what you don't like because you're missing the value in mankind. God made mankind so creative, so innovative. Everybody has a genius. Everybody has a brilliance. Everybody. So what you got to do when you meet somebody, first of all, I see what I'm, what I'm sensing in here on the inside i may not know everything about him but i can tell i either like you or i don't right 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 <laughs> well i shouldn't say i don't like you i just say that maybe we're supposed to be connected maybe we're not it's like that okay because it's not about like or dislike it's just about is there a connection is there something there is there a relationship that can take us both to the wealthy place mm -hmm. maybe not right away but it will and so now i have relationships that are like that the people have grown. We've grown together, you see? Mm -hmm. And we continue to grow. Wealthy people, another one is wealthy people are very loyal. I say, what does this have to do with money? This has a lot to do with money. Because if you can't maintain relationships, you're going to have a hard time with generating income. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to say, hey, I, I trust this person. I'm going to be loyal. And it doesn't mean that you don't add on to your team because in every season, you're going to need to add. You know, you get to a point, you max out. I tell women all the time. Your business is starting to grow. You've been doing all the cooking. You've been doing all the cleaning, grocery store, dry cleaners. Girl, hire you somebody. It's time now. You're at that point that unless you bring on somebody else, your business stays at a mom and pop level when really it's time to take it to a Fortune 100 level or maybe Fortune 200 level, right? But you can't do that because you don't have the right relationship to come in and undergird and support that, you see? So everybody gets to that point where they need Ms. Wilma's company, okay, to come and clean for them or organize, okay? Because can't nobody organize like Ms. Wilma's company. I'm telling you right now. Right. Can't nobody put my clothes together like Ellie Kalora. Oh, my gosh. That girl's gift and talent is so big in my life that when she's not there, I feel it and I miss her. So when you get those relationships, you start realizing, man, you were really called to do it. Somebody else can write. But can't nobody write a press release like a Shia? Oh, I'm serious. I'm not just saying that. Like, figure out what those people's gifts and talents are and then hold them up and hold them as precious and then everybody grows together. You got it? All right? So we want to make sure that we're valuing the gifts, we're valuing the talents, and, and that we're loyal because people with the poverty mindset, they have trust, let me put it here, issues, hard to trust, over here is easy to trust. <laughs> These people trust really easily. These people usually are angry. That's why it's important not to practice anger. If you don't like 
President Trump, it doesn't matter because the White House has never paid my bills. I don't know about you. Right? But I've never gotten a check from the White House in my life, okay? Because I've created my own financial policy. Huh. So don't practice anger every day at something or someone or a president or somebody. Don't give them that kind of authority in your life. Take that energy to create business, to create income, right? All right, so you don't want to spend your life angry because wealthy people, the mindset is they're usually happy and excited. Because guess what? Nobody wants to hang out with anybody dry and mean. Who's going to want to do business with you and you mean? No, I don't care how cute you are. Put a smile on your face. Right? Let people know you appreciate them. Let them know, man, I thank you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate that. Because people don't have to do anything for you. But when they do, make sure you're gracious. I promise you. This thing is so contagious, it will take off like crazy. So now that we've kind of talked about that mindset, I want to move over. Oh, Okay, so commercial. let's talk a little bit about money in particularly. We're going to get into a little bit of the old rules of money versus the new rules of money, and then what are the new rules of money and what you can do to make sure you're participating in that, okay? So everybody grew up hearing, I got to have a basic savings account, mm -hmm. right? Well, I mean, I'm all about liquidity and having money liquid. Don't get. I already see she um is posting up some of the the PowerPoint stuff a little bit, but she's doing handwriting. This is one. This one's one for the ages. You know, you're never gonna save yourself into becoming a mil. You know, millionaire or multimillionaire. And but she's also from what I took a peek at the notes. We talk about how much you get in banking versus like other other instruments. So let's go. Get me wrong, and I, and I don't have a problem with the savings account. But if you have a, you should never have a savings account for the purpose of saving for retirement or even a house because you're not getting any interest. I mean, these things are paying like point zero one. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So by the time you pay a maintenance fee, and of course mm -hmm. they'll tell you that. If you have a minimum balance that, you know, you might not have that monthly fee. But if you're paying a monthly fee, you really might need to consider closing the savings account. You'd be mm -hmm. better off keeping it under your mattress, okay? Mm -hmm. um, seriously, you're just not making any money there. And then there's a money market account. And a money market account, you get a little bit more. So let's just say maybe 0.2 on there. Um, and so these, the money market accounts are usually connected to a stock broker like a Edward Jones, a Merrill Lynch, Smith Barney, something like that. And it allows you to move money from your money market account to purchase stocks, okay, or bonds or mutual funds. So the difference is a savings account is connected to a traditional bank or a credit union. Money market is connected to a, um, an investment um, account, an investment banker like Merrill Lynch or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then after that, you have your checking account. Now, you should never ever be saving money in a checking account. This is just for your operational expenses. Okay, this is just to pay your bills. Um, the other thing that I want to say is that you need to give yourself a new zero for all of these things. This will help you uh, from not bouncing, you know, checks. So let's just say in your checking account, you have $1,500 of expenses that are be, being paid out. Well, tell yourself you just have $1,400 in there. That way you always keep a minimum balance in your checking account of let's just say $100, okay? Same thing with a savings account, which, you know, there's not anything being paid out of this more than likely. Um, 
But with this, it's important to keep that minimum balance. Plus, it'll help you offset usually monthly fees if you keep a minimum balance in there and it'll keep you from you know, balancing your check. Another thing you can do, especially if it's a business account, you may want to open up an open line of credit. And basically oh. what that does is that if indeed some of your bills are coming through and you know there's not enough money in there to cover it, they'll pull it out of that open line of credit. And usually if you pay this within a 30-day period, you don't pay any interest, okay? Oh. It's almost like an American Express. I saw I love American Express. I've been an American Express consumer since 1989, child. You know, I've had American Express a minute. But they're great because you pay them off within 30 days, and then you have lots of perks, concierge, travel, uh, points for rental car, you know, all that kind of stuff. So you might want to talk to your bank about getting open the line of credit, especially if it's a business checking account and you're doing business to pay your vendors, to get that open line of credit to just protect your account from ever going into the negative. Okay, so those are the different types of accounts. Now, I'm a strong believer that everybody should have a safe. I mean, you need to have some kind of money that you can get your hands on. And maybe you may want to do a safety deposit box. You might not want to keep that cash on hand at home, or maybe you do. But you need to have somewhere where you can get cash on your hand. I also am a firm believer that even in your wallet, never ever let your wallet get below $200. So that needs to be just because what happens is, is money draws money. So when you start getting away from having a broke mindset into a wealthy mindset, the key is to stay off of zero. Even if you have, let's just say you got a large check coming in, like maybe $35,000. Don't spend all the $35,000. Put a portion aside every time you get a lump sum to say this is just going to be there because you have to keep liquidity. Okay, liquidity is key. All right, so those are the different types of accounts. And then um, can I get you to erase this right side of Shia? Um, so, you know, even in that wallet, no less than $200 and tell yourself that I think that's pretty important, okay? Um, the other thing that I wanna say is that, you know, if you start using like an ATM debit, uh, your credit card that's attached to your checking account, a lot of times if you um, use your ATM as a credit and not a debit, they don't charge you. Hmm. Okay? I know if you that. use it as a debit and you put in your PIN number, there's a charge. So, you know, oh. you always want to make sure you offset those little expenses because that stuff ends up really adding up big time. Okay? Um, I also want to. Did you get that? And just to you, especially. It's minor, but that's true. I think um, when you do run it as a debit, you do get charged like 35, 25, 35 cents. But if you run it as a credit, then you, you know, that adds up over time, especially if you're just always swiping to get groceries, gas, you know, manicure, pedicure, paying for different things, groceries. Yeah. Oh, mm. I'm going to try that. For those of you that are business owners, and obviously this is the Black CEO conference, so I'm sure most of you are business owners, uh, make sure that you really get an avid accountant, okay? Because what you need to do, and the Millionaires Club does have an accounting firm that we work with that are very, very savvy in tax strategy, but you need to look and see, you know, are you a sole proprietor, you know, or are you an LLC, are you a corporate uh, S? or corporate C, you need to figure out what you need to be. And you need to figure out, <clears throat> you know, how many of those do you need to have? Because you might be at a point where you have, you know, 
your, you know, I don't know, whatever kind of business you have. And then maybe there's another business that springs out of that business. So you want to try to keep all those things separate. And it's important to keep those things separate because I don't want to put, if I have an LLC, I don't want to deposit money into my LLC that really should have been in a personal checking account for operational expenses. Because I want to make it very easy for my accountant to look and see. Because one thing the business owners we do sometimes, we mix everything in one pot, honey. Yep. <laughs> everything, just put it in that account. Well, wait a minute, what is this for? You know, which is why I like for people to have American Express. You can say this American Express card, everything on there are business expenses. Because hmm. American Express does a great job at tallying up at the end of the year all your expenses. So you can actually go on your American Express on your statement, you know, on the app, you can look and see travel, I spent twenty thousand. Dining, I spent ten thousand. Clothes, like it breaks it all down for you monthly, quarterly, and annually. So it's gonna end up saving you money as a CEO because your accountant can clearly read what the heck is going on. <laughs> you know, I remember having a meeting with our accountant and he was like, I'm confused. Because <laughs> I was confused with how I was handling my money. I was not being diligent and paying close attention to the details. So now I make sure if I use that card, I say, okay, which card do I need to use? Because I have several American Express cards. What card is this personal? Personal things need to go on a personal account. Is this business? You know, what business account? And then if you get to the point where your business has very large expenses, you know, like one of my family members, they put on their business, a lot of times six figures, okay, goes onto that American Express. Well, it's nice because they get the points for it. But she said, it's, it's not a big deal for us to have a $150,000 American Express bill. Some of you might have a very large American Express, 300,000, 500,000, depending on your business. Some of you 10,000, some of you 20. The point is, is you want to clearly define what is my income versus what is my, are my expenses? Because your expenses can be written off. Okay, and I also would suggest to you, even if you have an accountant, sometimes, and this is funny, because when I was talking to Mr. Roberts, the billionaire, he said, listen, even with my tax strategist, sometimes I have to consult them. Like, no, this is what you need to do. So you still want to, even if you have a good an accountant, you still want to make sure that you kind of pay attention every now and then. I'll pick up a per periodical on, you know, um, 2017 tax strategy, like uh, President Trump just is giving a larger write-off to entrepreneurs. Um, we're actually going to get a break on our taxes for people to make over a particular rank. So it's just good to read some of those things because don't ever be afraid to question people that are working for you, that are on your staff. Hey, well, what about this? Or hey, did we write this off? Or hey, what about that? Or hey, I bought this, so can't we write that off because of da-da-da-da? And there's also an app now that you can actually download um, that will keep up with all your miles as you're driving. Oh. Okay, so if you put your vehicle in your personal name or even in your business name, depending on if you're a sole proprietorship or LLC or, corp or S Corp or C Corp or whatever, you can actually write off, it'll calculate the miles every time you get in the car. You don't have to do anything. Mm. All you do is download it one time, so that ought to help you to give your account an accurate reading of how many miles that I actually, you know, drive this year, and then that all that goes towards your write-offs, okay? Um, tuition, schools, if you have dependents, make sure that you're putting that there 
on your write-off. So anyway, this is going to be really important to have that accountant because then they can come up with tax strategies. Now, this particular accounting firm that we work with, they're really good. Like she can tell you before your taxes are filed, this is how much you're probably going to owe in taxes this year. And then she can also give you some other advice to say, I think you should buy a property or we got to offset your taxes. So you need to do X, Y, Z. So she can give you some strategy that, and I like her strategy because her strategy, not only does it help you offset taxes, but it also helps you to build your investment portfolio too. So that's pretty cool. All right. So that's kind of that. So let's talk about, so we kind of were talking about this in terms of uh, money. So let's talk about how do you grow money? Because a lot of people, I was at a big meeting yesterday, had about a thousand people there, it was really good. And the people got a chance to ask questions. It was good. And one of the girls said, you know, I got student debt. I got debt. I got student loans. I got debt, period. I want to get a house. I'm really, really thinking about getting a second job. Listen, I'm going to always tell you, I don't think anybody should get a second job, especially not a girl. This is just me. Wow. I don't think women should get second jobs because it makes them look tired and they end up looking like their husband's mama. Ooh. No. No, you got to present. Listen, that is my girl for real. I've been saying the same thing, too. She was like, I don't think women should get a second job. It's the stress. Stress is not... Stress, stress don't do women good at all. Stress does not do women good at all. And she's all flipping her hair. <laughs> Take notes, ladies. I, I love it. They're the pretty baby. So I'm never going to tell you get a second job. But I do think what you do need to do is you need to make more money. Right. Um, and so one of the ways that you can do that is by doing something called trading foreign currency. Now, huh. let me tell you something. Anytime you get ready to learn something new, what's going to happen is your fences are going to go up because all of us have internal boundaries of what we think we can do or what we think we can accomplish. But I'm all about the challenge. Never, ever weary of being challenged. Never, ever become tired of learning something new. And a lot of times you have to make yourself learn something new because the human brain automatically wants to say, I'm done. <laughs> I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. But remember, the most very successful people got involved in things that they really didn't have an idea. I always love hearing the girl's um, story from the owner of Spanx. I can't think of her name right now. But she, she was making those garments in her apartment, two-bedroom apartment. Okay? And she kept at it. She kept at it. Next thing she knows, she got a call from the Oprah Winfrey Show. Because she said, Oprah, those spanks. Oprah said, dog, this is good. And she said, let's interview her. She was in a two-bedroom apartment, and she only had a girlfriend helping her. You think she made that girlfriend a multimillionaire? Yes, that girl, is a, that, is, that was her friend. They started at the beginning, and so she's a multimillionaire today. But she had to hurry, 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 and put together this, you know, she's like, I got to, because Oprah think I'm big time, and I'm in my apartment, okay? But the story was so cool, because she actually went to her apartment. She said, this is what it is. And so from there, we know she is now a female, self-made female billionaire, okay? Why? Because she trusted her instincts, she had the right relationships, and it led her to the wealthy place, okay? So trading foreign currency. So what is trading foreign currency? Trading foreign currency, the banks have been doing it over for, the, for over the last 100 years. Huh. And it's how they make their money, which is why they like for you to leave deposits in there because they take that money and they trade it. And they pay you a very poquito, small percentage of what you actually, you know, what the bank is getting. Because the bank is kind of the wholesaler and then you're the customer. And so they just pay you a small amount 
but the banks make a lot more than that every time they trade. Well, they opened it up to the pri private sector over a decade ago. When they first opened it up, you had to have a net worth of about $3 million in order for you to even be able to trade. Now the average person can learn how to trade, right? So what is trading? All right, ladies. And I think they increased it because, oops, she's doing this from six years ago. And she said it said you needed at least $3 million to trade. But I think some of you were on the um podcast, like for example, with um she's talking about foreign currency, but I know like even for crypto, when I first started learning how to trade it, I could have done shorting. And then when I went back into Kraken or Kraken or whatever you call it, it was saying I needed ten million dollars in assets to short. So I'm pretty sure this is this this video is from six years ago. I'm pretty sure you need much more than that. I could be wrong, but mm. We're going to go to Europe for two weeks. How about that? Yeah, that sounds good. We're going to go dining. We're going to go shopping. We're going to go to the art gallery. We're going to go to the theater, go see The Lion King, Color Purple. Come on now. That new play that's out with Denzel. We're going to go to do all of that. But before we do any of those things, what do we want to do? We want to go to the bank. Yeah. We want to take our dollar and exchange it for what? The euro. We're in Europe, so we want to trade it for the euro. So what will happen is we will take... And depending on the value of the euro, if it's greater than the dollar or lesser than the dollar, we'll determine if we get... I'm going to guess it's Forex. Let's see if I'm right. Because that's foreign exchange. And um, the reason I'm pretty sure it's Forex is because for the little time I traded it, it's kind of like you are changing the U.S. dollar to like gold or U.S. Um, currency to like what she's saying, like European or the yen or whatever, what have you get more euros back or less euros back okay so what we want to do we want to make sure we put ourselves in a position to have that money to spend in um, Europe because it's going to spend greater than our United States dollar so we can trade foreign currency with any two countries and their currency any two countries remember and their two currencies we can trade it all right so let me give you a quick lesson on trading foreign currency if a particular currency is on an uptrend then they call that a bullish market and you place a buy okay if a particular currency let's just say united states dollar and japanese yen is on a downtrend they call that a bearish market and you place a sell well this is the crazy thing about the innovation we really now we partner with a company that has the innovation where we can make all of our trades on our fun cell phones can you believe that yeah i trade every single day and i can trade it on my cell phone isn't that amazing so i can go on my cell phone there are three apps that i can uh, I, that i download on my phone okay and one app allows me to trade another app actually tells me what to trade okay because you might still be learning how to read the charts you're like i don't know how to read these charts Okay, so I'm pretty sure this is she. This is back when I don't know if she still does IML, but I really like her approach to it. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna skip ahead a couple minutes. Let's see. Let it ride on all the way up and right on back down. Okay, so that's really powerful. That is huge to be able to do this on my cell phone it takes me less than one minute so it doesn't matter if i'm getting on a plane getting off of a plane getting ready to go in and do a meeting getting ready to have family dinner maybe go to the movies it doesn't matter what i'm doing it takes me less than one minute to put a trade in and literally you can be making 
tons of money in a short amount of time. Let me tell you something. The only difference between the rich and the poor, always remember this, is information. Remember we talked about earlier having that boldness, having that courage, right, to be able to step out and do something new, okay? And remember, you do not want to ask someone that you do not respect financially. You can respect them, but it doesn't mean you respect them financially. What you should do, trust your gut. Remember we talked about that, trusting your gut. So now I have the ability to take that. So what do I do? So let me tell you what those steps are. Can you erase this for me? Um, so let me tell you what those steps are. You might be saying, how do I get involved with that? <laughs> you can get on jeweltanker.com and uh, shoot us an email, and we'll have somebody, either myself or one of staff members, or reach out to you and tell you exactly what you need to do. But I'm going to tell you what those steps are, and it's really quite powerful because this is a wealth-building skill set that you will have for the rest of your life. And when you study the wealthy, you will see that a lot of them participate in trading foreign currency. George Soros, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, you pull back that finance, that wealth portfolio, say, oh, wow, those guys trade. As a matter of fact, Google, when you get a chance, George Soros, and you'll see he made so much money one day trading that they had to shut down the Bank of England. The queen was like, what is going what? on? You shutting our banks down, okay? So let me tell you what those steps are. So remember, you're going to learn how to trade Forex. So that's huge because this is definitely big. Yeah, so um, Wealth University, 195 enrollment. 30% 30% growth each year. Let me just kind of skip ahead a little bit. And it was forex. It is trading forex. So I was right. For an exchange. We don't want you to start trading with your real money yet. Let's skip ahead a little bit. So let's just say 30,000 a month. Okay, so I think she's going into the numbers of like you getting a demo account um recruiting people um so you get money from recruiting plus learning how to trade plus making money from trading wow so we're done y'all i'm gonna go take a nap i hope that that was a blessing to you um thanks for sitting with me through it and um, yeah, definitely stay tuned. Uh, April is Financial Literacy Month. I already see another video that I want to watch of hers, which is, uh, I can click on it right now, but I am going to take a little bit of a nap. Um, and she's really easy to listen to. So, oh, wow. So this one is called Wealth Mastermind Session 1 with Jewel Tankard, which is her channel, and Kim Kiyosaki. I almost, is that his wife or daughter? Robert Kiyosaki's what um so then here let me see if anybody has any comments wow there's zero comments this is from 20 hours ago so I'll probably listen to that one next if I get any gems I will share them with you it's doing the countdown let me see so that's her let me see if I see the other person Kiyosaki Oh, I can't tell if that's his wife or his daughter, Kiyosaki. Well, I'm sure she will say something in the presentation. All right, talk to you later. Bye.